Hey, welcome. Eight minutes after the hour. Powderhorn guns and archery on board. You know, guys, uh, and by the way, when I say guys, I'm talking about Jordan Hargrove and Brian Mays. I keep trying to change the name to Powderhorn Guns and Ammo, and I think it's because you told me you got 9mm in. <laughs> well, Guns and Ammo is uh, the magazine. It's been around for so long, I think it just gets stuck in people's heads. Yeah, it just sort of rolls off the tongue. You know, we were talking uh, a few minutes ago about uh, Missouri uh, having this uh, Second Amendment Preservation Act and how it uh, turns out to be very popular with uh, minorities and women and younger people, and that, you know, I think the Democrats are making a mistake. And, this all brought to mind one more thought, and then I'm going to move on. But when states come up with these, uh, you know, immigration laws where local law enforcement can't uh, help the federal government with, you know, with immigration, ICE, etc., the administration is fine with that. But when a state comes up with the same concept with regard to the Second Amendment, well, now suddenly it's all wrong. Uh, so it's it, it just kind of shows the hypocrisy of uh, the Biden administration. State and local governments refuse to enforce immigration rules. Well, that's fine. Uh, but if they're not going to enforce the uh, anti-Second Amendment, you know, the Second Amendment uh, uh, laws, well, now you got a problem. Anyway, I'm going to move on. Um, let's talk shotguns because you guys have uh, a Beretta uh, 686. 12 gauge. Ooh, that looks nice. <laughs> it's a beautiful shotgun, Gary. It's absolutely, it's exquisite. And it's technically it is built to be a hunting shotgun, but it would fit fine on any sporting clays field, trap or skeet field, anywhere that you were to land. And we brought it because it's, it's really, really a gorgeous gun. Functions flawlessly perfect. But there's so many other options out there that are more budget friendly, more uh, accessible to, to everybody that we, we need to talk about those two because the entry point to get into shotgun sports is, is a lot lower than a lot of people might think. And, uh, you know, you can, you can get a nice over under shotgun for four fifty to seven, eight hundred dollars and have a gun that will perform very, very well and be competitive with the two thousand, three thousand dollar shotguns. And this, but this one is just the carving. I'm looking at the carvings on this. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, it's very well done. Breda does a good job. Yep, that looks nice. Um, you, how many of those? Is this? I assume this is the only one you've got in stock. We have three of of these particular models, Do you and really? then I would say we have twenty to twenty five uh, fine shotguns in total, and maybe about eighteen over-unders uh, in every price range from starting about 400 up to the 21, 2200. So whether you're shooting pigeons or protecting the house or you're going out hunting, uh, shotguns are just a, a terrific uh, uh, alternative to the to the pistol. A uh, lot of fun. So uh, much fun. And, yeah. you know, we just, we just finished up with the Olympics and uh, the shotgun sports were extraordinary in the olympics and uh all the different countries that were represented they all did very well but we ended up with uh, quite a few medals of our own yeah um i wonder if that's you know as well as we did is i wonder if that's going to drive um 
people to to get engaged in this as a sport i think it would more if there was better media coverage of those sports um, a lot of those sports you have to go to an alternative channel besides the main carrier to find the shooting sports but they're out there if you look for them facebook and other social media has done a great job of representing those athletes where we all get to see the medal winners um and and see that you know the team usa did great in this event um so that does bring some attention to it and uh, and kind of puts it in the limelight. So the Olympics, I, I think, are a positive thing every year. It's not cost prohibitive to get engaged in. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's something that I don't particularly do well at, but, you know, I really should practice it because it, whenever I do go out, I do have a great time. Uh, so you might want to stop by uh, Powderhorn Guns and Archery, uh, take a lap through their uh, shotguns because... You're going to have a lot of fun. And it's, you know, it's the kind of thing that you can, the whole family can get engaged in. I mean, it's not, it's not some macho sport. Uh, a lot of women engaged in this kind of sport, and it's a lot of fun. It's so much fun, and, and everybody can do it. Uh, there's, everybody thinks about the recoil being really bad, and, you know, you're going to shoot 50 rounds. Uh, modern guns handle the recoil very well. You get one that's sized for you, fits you really well. The recoil is not a problem, and uh, and everybody can go have a good time. You bet. Uh, all right, you also brought on board a Wilson Combat Sig P320. Yeah, that is a, a beautiful gun. We've had two before this one. This is the one that actually made it long enough for me to look at. Um, <laughs> but it, it just came in uh, beginning of the week. But uh, yeah, what Wilson Combat's done with Sig and Beretta and Glock, but I haven't been able to get any of the Glocks. Um, they've what they did is they take a popular model like the Breda 92 or the Sig P320, which is what the uh, Armed Forces now uh, utilize, and they just make it better. And they start really the only thing that they get directly from Sig is they get a frame directly from Sig, but it is a unfinished frame, which is a you know a, a plastic frame, and then they get the slide, which is also an unfinished slide. They do all the milling um, there, and uh, the way they've reworked the frame is is wondrous. Uh, they've made it a little bit smaller, a little more squared off instead of the bigger rounder grip that comes on it. We're talking about millimeters, but your hand notices a difference. It just fits better. Um, and then uh, they've taken the frame, they've added a whole lot of texture, I'm sorry, the slide, added a whole lot of texturing to the slide. Um, they've actually tapered the slide towards the front, which should make reholstering uh, a whole lot better, just like having a flared magazine well. When you have a tapered front to your firearm, it's easier to find your holster and get back in, which for combat stuff is a big deal. You need to be able to get mm -hmm. that thing back in your holster. Um, so they, they've done a fantastic job. And then they hand fit all the pieces on the inside. So they get a lot of parts from SIG, and they make some of the parts themselves, but they hand-fit them, and they go through hundreds and hundreds of, of connecting bars and triggers and stuff until they find the, the two and three and four pieces that go together that absolutely tie this, and then they use that combination. The grip uh, looks like it would be really nice, especially if your hands get a little sweaty. Yeah, it has some really good texture to it. Sweaty, uh, bloody. Uh, blood is, you know, just oil. It has so it is it is so hard, and, and grips like this make it a lot better to be able to still hold on to it. Uh, along with the texturing on the um, the slide, it makes it easier to to grab during all those times. It's got a rail on the bottom. If you want to put a laser on it, you want to put uh, a flashlight. Uh, this is a terrific firearm. Wilson Combat Sig three twenty. Uh, a lot of them in stock? 
Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I had I just, six I on asked order. I really tentatively because I was afraid of the answer. <laughs> That's the only one of those in stock. Um, but uh, I've got more in order, and they're they're able to get me one about every five months because they're just pumping out guns. They, they're more popular anyway, let alone with the, uh, the the current shortage and probably getting the parts from SIG because they, they rely on getting uh, some of the stuff from SIG since they're partnered with them. So it does take them a little while. But uh, it's it's a heck of a gun. It's a, it's a full size. It's 4.7-inch barrel, uh, but a sight radius, I think, of like 6.4 inches, which is a lot. That's really good. Helps with accuracy and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've, only got, I've only got one of these right now. How do you like do you do you like the trigger pull on that? How do you I do uh Wilson Combat recommends you do between 1 and 500 dry fires which you know that's fantastic training anyway and that trigger it breaks at about 3 pounds um and uh it, it breaks nice it it really does once you get it uh, settled in it it breaks crisp the trigger reset is really really nice and it's a straight trigger I don't know if you notice but it's a straight non-curved flat trigger uh, people will call that a combat trigger, but uh, it it just allows your finger placement to be so much more comfortable and your follow up shots to be to be really comfortable. One in stock right now, so if you're interested in a great nine millimeter, uh, then you want to head over to Powderhorn's. Uh, Powderhorn will open what time? Uh, nine o'clock. Uh, ten o'clock. This is Saturday, so we'll be open up at ten. You'll be open at ten. Yes, sir. And then you'll be there like ten ten. That's right. Um, all right. <laughs> Hang on, we got another firearm we want to talk about. We'll talk about uh, the mayor in uh, Chicago and what they're doing with law enforcement. All that coming up. Powderhorn, guns, and archery on Gary on Guns. Hot Talk, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Powderhorn, guns, and archery on board this morning on Gary on Guns. They're at 1915 Paris Road. Um, and, Brian, this you guys have been, uh, it, it, this has been in the same family for how many years? Well, quite a, quite a long time. Uh, my father started Powderhorn back in the late 60s and operated it until the early 80s when the Brandcamp family purchased it, uh, and they operated it until March a year ago uh, when I had the opportunity to purchase it back. And, uh, you know, it really didn't change very much over that over that period of time. The, most people would never even know that it changed ownership uh, other than the fact that, you know, we kind of changed the counters and the computer system. But uh, most of the same people are, are still there doing the same thing that we've done successfully for, for a long, long time. Yeah, you've kind of updated the store a little bit. really looks nice. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk about the firearms you brought on board with us this morning. Uh, Smith and Seven. Uh, Smith and Seven. <laughs> Want to try that again, Gary? Okay. Uh, Smith and Wesson, twenty-seven uh, in uh, three fifty-seven. Woo! Yeah, that's a that is a beautiful gun. It's one of the. Uh, it's the original. They consider that the original gun manufactured to shoot the three fifty-seven uh, Magnum cartridge. I think they started that gun in nineteen thirty-five, and the cartridge came out at the end of nineteen thirty-four. So, is the the original. Now, I've never fired one of those, uh, so I have no idea, but the, the length of that barrel, I would think that would be a fun... <laughs> yeah, this is a, let's see, this is an eight and a quarter inch, and it's an in-frame, so you've got a big grip, uh, a longer, get your full hand around it, and uh, with that um, with that longer barrel, obviously, it should shoot <laughs> really, really nice. Uh, good, controllable recoil, great trigger, 
Um, great target hammer on it. I mean, it, it is a it is a fantastic little gun. It's a it's a dash two gun, but it's still in, uh, which still makes it a very early gun. It's a second engineering change. They still make this gun um, today, but uh, we're, we're obviously well past what this guy uh, was. But it's in beautiful, beautiful condition. This thing, yeah, I was going to say, this thing looks like almost like brand new. Yeah, it, someone else took took really really good care of it. So we got a couple of firearms from this gentleman, um, but uh, yeah, someone took really really good care of this guy, and uh, it, it's it's just a neat it's a neat piece of history. Uh, I just sold one the other day. We had a very similar one. We had an original twenty seven with a three and a quarter inch barrel, um, which you know that's that's an awesome carry. Um, and I think KC uh, KCPD originally had some of these back in the. I think I remember if it was 40s or 50s. They used the Model 27 for a long time. Uh, they used it. Higher Patrol used it. It was a very, very popular gun. In fact, George Patton had one of these. Um, along Earl handles. Yeah, yeah. Along with he had a Colt. Uh, uh, the piece, uh, peacemaker, I believe. But he had the Colt uh, pearl handle, and he had one of these pearl handle. He called this one the killing gun. The kill- <laughs> That's how he referred to it. This is my killing gun. <laughs> oh, that is that is really really pretty. Even yeah. the, the the furniture on this thing looks. Perfect. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it, there's a tiny bit of wear around the tip of the barrel where you can tell where it's been in and out of a holster. But, I mean, it is, for its age, it is immaculate. I'm not sure. I, I have not done the research on the serial number to see how old it is. And uh, whoever did, didn't write it on the tag to make my life easier. But uh, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's definitely a little bit of, it's got some age on it and looks really, really good for its age. That is pretty. Uh, and that will, uh, that'll be a Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Um, and, and you guys really, you, you should change the name to Potterhorn Guns and, and Ammo just for me so that I can, you know, just without mistake. Help the senior citizens out. Oh, that was a cheap shot. That was <laughs> that was really a cheap shot. All right. Uh, let's move on because we got a, a couple other stories here that we want to hit. Uh, I'm sure that most of you are familiar with Ella French. Uh, she was uh, doing a traffic stop. Uh, last week, and she was killed. She was shot. Uh, and in fact, the first female officer shot and killed in Chicago in some 30 plus years. And what they would normally do is pay tribute to a fallen officer, um, someone who's, you know, uh, been murdered in, in the line of duty, with an honor guard uh, marching to the sound of bagpipes uh, for the final farewell. And that didn't happen for her. Uh, this, you know, when I talk about this burning desire of people to arm themselves, it's because in these major urban areas they are showing so little respect for law enforcement that people are afraid. You know, they're 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 defunding them, and people are afraid that you know if they call for the police by the time they get there, it's it's going to be so late that you know they they need to find out how to protect themselves. That's part of what's drawing uh, so much attention to the firearms industry. But Mayor uh, Lightfoot um, supported the decision to cancel the bagpipes um, and the honor guard for this police officer, which is really, it's it's hard to understand how you could have so little respect for them. Uh, This is a brotherhood, uh, I would argue, with law enforcement uh, that is, you know, based a lot on their courage. Uh, they will go and into places where most of us would, would in, you know, instinctively go the other way. And so they're, they're very, very close. And 
the Chicago uh, Deputy Superintendent uh, Police Department decided they're not going to do this and said, quote, well, I won't exactly quote it because I can't use that language. Uh, we don't have time for that spit. Um, and so they're not going to give her this this honor that I would argue she deserves. But this is part of that disrespecting law enforcement thing. And the mayor said that, uh, well, it was the right decision. Uh, and she snapped at reporters. She called them liars in a press conference on Thursday. Said the superintendent made the right call, supports the decision to rush the funeral procession and not allow these traditions to happen. Uh, and then went on to suggest that uh, because of COVID protocols, the coroner uh, put on a lot of restrictions on what can and can't happen. Uh, but unfortunately for her, the coroner said, no, no, we, we, we didn't change anything. It's just disrespect for law enforcement. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what these people are thinking. I, the whole thing is disgusting, Gary. It, it really is. It, I don't understand it. I, I, I cannot begin to wrap my head around how they could possibly come up with the businesses and positions that they've come up with. Um, you know, around here, our law enforcement are heralded as as heroes. Uh, they're the the backbone of our whole community, the cornerstone of our towns, and. In, in my little town of Ashland, the all the police officers are everybody's best friends. Uh, we we wave as we go by. I cannot even imagine the the mentality or the thought process to uh, demonize those who are there to protect us all. Yeah, I mean it is a rare breed that is willing to do what they do. They deserve the respect. They're not getting it in these major urban areas. Uh, that that this police officer, this fallen officer, uh, didn't get the respect she was entitled, and then have the mayor lie about it. Uh, the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office said in a statement that rules for processions have not changed since the pandemic began, and there have been no additional restrictions put in place. Uh, protocols for processions, the Cook County Medical uh, uh, Examiner's Office have not changed since the pandemic began. First responders have always gathered in the parking lot and docked to pay respects to fallen police officers and firefighters. These people are, and, and you know, you, you think about somebody like Cori Bush running around telling everybody, you know, I'm entitled to private security, but you're not. Uh, this is disturbing for the average citizen. They're driving gun sales. Back with more... I'm Gary on Guns, Hot Talk 93.9 Eagle. Welcome, it is 35 minutes after the hour. Powderhorn Guns and Archery on board, 1915 Paris Road. Brought in three terrific firearms. Uh, and this revolver is just drool-worthy. I really love this. Uh, Smith & Wesson 27 in 357. Wow, that is just great. A Wilson Combat Sig P320. Uh, a Beretta 686 Pigeon 12-gauge shotgun. Um, all will uh, be adoptable if you head over to Powderhorn Guns and Archery and you fill out the adoption papers. Uh, Jordan Hargrove is on board with us. Brian Mays also with us. We were talking about uh, law enforcement and how it seems there's so much disrespect for law enforcement. Uh, and, and, and that's 
frankly, you know, the threats of uh, you know taking away the money, the finances needed to support them, that's part of what's driving uh, this push to buy firearms. It's it's been an incredible demand. Uh, Corey Bush, uh, representative uh, out of St. Louis, who has been pushing to defund the police, has spent seventy thousand dollars on private security. And then when it was, you know, highlighted that she wants to defund the police, but she's got $70,000 worth of private security, her response, and I'm not kidding, was suck it up. You know, what is she going to tell her constituents uh, who get, you know, raped, murdered, robbed uh, because there's lack of law enforcement? Just suck it up. She'll probably use something along the lines of, well, it would have been worse if police were there because they would have done way more crime along the way. God, That's how those actually, people think. <laughs> God, you actually can think like they think. That's dangerous. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be able to process both sides. Yeah. Make yourself better at it. But that's that's how that that's how that works. I mean, there's no you know, these these people that, that build these brands and they're basically actors and actresses in my mind. And uh, they build up these huge brands and so uh, you can't have a an argument you can't have a discussion Every, everything is bought and paid for way ahead of time yeah she's special she deserves protection you on the other hand her constituents well not so much yeah. uh i find that troublesome chris welcome glad to have you on gary on guns how are you this morning all right yeah i'm sure if you look up hypocrisy they got her picture right there next to it that's just hard to believe they can stand there straight face and say that kind of stuff uh this whole situation in chicago I know, uh, you know, Mayor Beetlejuice is an idiot. Uh, I got that part. I don't understand, or maybe we'll see what happens. If I was in the police department, I think we'd just go ahead and have our funeral with our honor guard and everything else. And who's she going to call? The cops? You know, yeah. who's going to stop it? Let's just go do it. And, you know, if she wants to raise heck about it, I guess uh, deal with it later. But it looks to me like it's her funeral, not the mayor's funeral to run. So... Uh, I'd be for him just, uh, you know, put a big uh, thumb in her eye and go do it. Yeah, the police actually turned their back on her when she showed up at the hospital. Uh, yes, and I would have too. Yeah, I don't I don't blame them at all. Chris, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on uh, Gary on Gun Show. Uh, those two sheriff's deputies that were protecting Corey Bush apparently are in trouble. Um, I... I don't know why they would even accept the task. I wouldn't have. Somebody asked me to do this as a side job based on her opinion, uh, and I'm in law enforcement. I'm going to say no. Uh, but apparently she used campaign funds to pay these two sheriff's deputies, uh, and they didn't fill out the proper paperwork to work private security. And so their, their jobs are um, at stake. Does that does it feel like maybe they're being you know maybe it's retribution for them protecting her? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the, that's huh? that. Yeah, that that's one of those things. You got to have more information, but you, you don't want either side either way. You don't want a witch hunt just because it's this particular person or this particular something. If those deputies didn't do the right thing and you know everybody has to get permission to work somewhere else or any of that kind of stuff they didn't do it fine as long as it goes the same way it has for everybody else that failed to disclose an extra job that they had 
The money went to a security group uh, called RS&T Security Consulting. Uh, the Democrats' campaign also paid fifteen grand to Nathaniel Davis for security services. Uh, comes up to $69,120 spent on private security. Uh, Bush was in St. Louis in April, touring jails throughout the city, um, and found that she had two security guards with her at the time. The two security guards ended up being St. Louis County Sheriff's deputies. Um, and, and the St. Louis Sheriff, uh, Vernon Betts, uh, was also present and told the, uh, a local TV station he was shocked to see the two men that worked for him working as private security for Bush, mentioning that the two did not have the proper approval to work another shift as security guards, uh, said the outlet uh, that he had uh, warned the two men before, but they didn't listen, and they ended up getting fired for violating that rule multiple times. So it's, you know, I think it's just desserts, but I certainly do think it, it's... Uh, not a task, if I were in law enforcement, that I would have wanted to accept. Uh, I think I would have turned that down in a New York second. Um, there is a uh, <clears throat> lawsuit being filed uh, by uh, Mexico against gun manufacturers in the United States. And President Biden keeps saying that gun makers are exempt from being sued. Well, this isn't really true, is it? I mean, if, if gun makers make a firearm that is defective, they can be sued. If they, you know, promise that a firearm will do something, function in a certain way, and it doesn't, they can be held accountable. They can, in fact, be sued. So I don't know why President Biden keeps saying this, but last week, the Mexican government sued several gun makers uh, for $10 billion in damages. They say the companies are conscious of the fact that their products are trafficked and used in illicit activities against the civilian population um, and authorities in Mexico. And so they're suing them. Uh, and interestingly, uh, there's one firearms manufacturer they're not going after, and that's the one that they just signed a multi-million deal with, uh, million dollar deal with. Among those facing the lawsuit, Smith & Wesson, uh, Barrett Firearms, Beretta, Glock, Colt, uh, and their attorney, well, he worked for the Brady campaign uh, against uh, firearms. So, is the ultimate goal, Brian, to make these gun manufacturers, you know, go bankrupt? It does kind of seem that way. Um you know, we've, we've heard talk about uh, suing the manufacturers uh, after tragedies that have happened uh, here in the states, uh, the different school shootings and such. There's always been talk of the ability to sue the manufacturers, but I think that the fact is that the, the product that they produced performed exactly as it was intended to. Uh, it had to do with the hands of the, the people that, it was, that were wielding it. Um, I don't know where this is going to go. I, I really have no idea. It can't go anywhere good uh, unless uh, unless we get the right judge, I suppose, that uh, throws it out. You know, if the basis for the lawsuit is that some people are abusing their product, then could we not sue General Motors and Ford and Chrysler and Porsche? 
I would think absolutely that that would open that door, yes. Because people are speeding, getting in accidents, people are dying, uh, and, they, and these manufacturers know that some people abuse their products. They know that some people speed and drive recklessly. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a video of a cars and coffee uh, uh, guy coming out of a parking lot in a, in a high-performance uh, you know, high car uh, and spinning it into an accident. It, it happens. But you don't sue Ford Motor or, or any of the uh, automobile manufacturers then you shouldn't be able to sue the gun manufacturers for this. It just, it's just logic, uh, plain and simple. But that's what the Democrats want. And Biden's claim that gun makers are exempted from lawsuits is nonsense. They can be sued. Absolutely. All right. Powderhorn Guns and Archery. I'm Gary on Guns, Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is 5050, 50 minutes after the hour. We are chatting with Powderhorn Guns and Archery. They uh, have, uh, well, remarkable, because uh, I'm not an archery person, just remarkable flexibility, whether it's firearms, uh, archery, ammo, targets, they've got it all. They are on Paris Road. Uh, they brought in three terrific firearms. And uh, they are a Beretta 686 Pigeon 12-gauge shotgun, a Wilson Combat Sig P320, uh, and, a, and a beautiful revolver, uh, Smith & Wesson 27 uh, in uh, 357 with a, an 8 and 3 8 inch barrel, which I would love to shoot. Um, it just looks like a fun firearm to shoot. Um, we were talking about law enforcement, uh, but I want to I kind of move things along a little bit. In my history with firearms, I've had um, several firearms that that I sold, well, not several, two, that I sold that I really, really regret selling today. Uh, and I'm just curious to see uh, if you guys have uh, experienced that. Jordan, did you ever have a firearm that you, you sold, and then today you look back and go, geez, I wish I'd kept that? Yes. Uh, one I had in college when I was shooting competition uh, the Beretta 92G Elite 2, a very specific firearm. Loved that gun at the time. Of course, got done with college, stopped shooting competition, did that thing where you get married and have children. And so it was like, okay, well, time to, to move that gun along. And and then just missed it almost every day since. I've tried to buy a couple since then. Now, of course, they've you know, tripled and quadrupled in price because they stopped making them. And they're such a popular gun. And I got a Wilson Combat version of it that is super nice but still not the original Beretta. So I'm still looking for one of those in stainless. But, man, I just, I regretted that since about a year after selling it. You started going, oh, that, that was <laughs> yeah. stupid. What did I do that for? I had, I have two. One of them was a 1911 that I had uh, that I sold. And I just, it's like, you know, it, there was nothing wrong with that firearm. It was just beautiful. It fit nice. It shot well. I just really miss it. But the one that I really regret selling was my Winchester 3840. Uh, it was a lever-action rifle. It was an antique. It was beautiful. It was really immaculate. I mean, it was in great shape. Uh, at the time, I was I needed uh, some extra cash. I had just started my own business, and I thought, well, I could sell this and move on. And I haven't... I'm, every time I see a lever-action rifle, and I now have a lever-action rifle, but not that uh, uh, 1873 version... I just miss that thing. I 
Yep. Wish I had it. That's a hard to find gun too. So yeah, and and today they're very expensive. And the truth is, <clears throat> a thirty-eight forty is a very expensive round to buy, and it's an antique. Do I really want to shoot something that's that old? Shouldn't I want something that's using you know modern technology and all that? Yeah, probably. And I do have one, but I sure do wish I hadn't sold that. Uh, Brian, how about you? I haven't sold a whole lot of guns in my life. I've I've mostly just acquired them and acquired them and acquired them. But there are a few. There was one. It was a, also a lever action. It was a Marlin uh, in four forty four that I that I sold a few years back, and uh, that's a lot more common than what you're talking about. But still, you don't see them every day, and uh, I would probably pick up another one of those if I had the opportunity. Yeah, uh, they're just. You know, it seems like it makes it makes sense at the time. Yeah, it's time to move on. Uh, and then uh, a short time later, you start thinking, boy, I, maybe I won't ever. And I've seen uh, those 3840s, uh, and they are like thousands of dollars today. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a mistake. I think I actually saw one in Powderhorn uh, several years ago. Uh, I'd stopped in there, and I think that you guys had one. And I was looking longingly and lovingly at it. Uh, and I didn't pull the trigger, you'll pardon the expression, but boy, I sure did regret it. Uh, holsters is the uh, the final topic for the program today. Um, I like an inside-the-waistband holster. I'm not fond of ankle holsters. Some people do. Uh, but in my search for the right holster, I probably have <laughs> eight, ten holsters for my favorite weapon. Um, that I, I just never got comfortable with. You guys go through that, too? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially early, early on. Now I kind of know what I want. So if I buy new firearms now that I'm going to plan on carrying, I, I, I don't have to get as many holsters, usually two, for two <laughs> totally different, distinct purposes. But but that's it. But, man, yeah, some of those early Glocks I had back in my, my uh, mid-20s, holy cow, I bet I had 10 or 15 different holsters for that. So everything from shoulders to to uh, thigh holsters, to ankle holsters, to inside the waistband, small of back, the fanny packs. I mean, yeah, oh, goodness, so yeah, much Small stuff. of back just never, I never like that because uh, every time you sit down, you're in pain. Um, so I never, I, I was never a fan of that. And the ankle holsters I'm not a fan of because you got to pull up your pant leg, reach down, and it's, that's All a young this. man's holster right there. The yeah. ground keeps getting further and further away for, for us older guys. <laughs> it's, it's so far away at that point. Speak for yourself and Brian Hansen, because <laughs> I can do that. No, it really it is not a very uh, a comfortable way to go uh, for me. Do you have a, a brand that you like, Crossbreed or somebody you, that... I, you know, I've had a lot of the Blackhawk holsters, but that's probably a throwback to law enforcement. And that's what I got used to using. As far as concealable holsters, I've used the We Are The People holsters. Good price point, nice stuff. And then uh, I've quite a few Blade Techs. They make a really quality product. Really? Brian? Yeah. My favorite for my carry gun is a Galco Matrix. And uh, I'm not a fan of inside the waistband so i i just fasten directly to my belt and that holster uh it suits my lifestyle very well i can uh, I put it on take it off very easily firearm stays in the holster for uh for putting it on and taking it off the whole thing fits in my gun safe nicely and that's my go-to favorite for all of my carry guns are we all agreed kydex hmm, mostly yeah. 
and mostly, mostly I think it does less damage uh, to your firearm over time and just more comfortable and a lot easier to clean because, man, do they get sweaty, dirty, greasy, everything else. So that it, it's important to keep those things clean, and well, Kydex you, is way easier. You should shower more often. <laughs> I do with my help. firearm on. That's why it cleans so easy. <laughs> I, you want to know where I, I put the gun? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I don't have any desire to know. Uh, but I don't like the leather. You know, they, they've got some uh, molded leather, and they really look nice. They are pretty. Um, but I'm not a big fan of them. I like the Kydex. It seems to to hold a firearm with just the right amount of resistance. And, uh, you know, and I keep threatening that one day that we'll get together. Maybe we'll do this one day at Powderhorn. Uh, go out in the parking lot. You set up a table. We'll all throw our old holsters <laughs> On the table and let, you know, kind of, you know, people switch through. I'll drop mine off, pick that one up, because uh, I'm betting between us, uh, we probably have 30 holsters that we don't use. <laughs> I bet so. Oh, easily. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? We'd do that right in the parking lot. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Head over to the parking lot right now, because they're opening up Powderhorn Guns and Archery, 1915 Paris Road. Jordan, Brian, thank you for being on board with us. Thank you, sir. Thank you. What Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.